Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ring of Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears. Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. The full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. What's up, sir? What's up, man? How you feeling, brother? I am doing swimmingly. Yeah, swimmingly, huh? Yeah, man. Ooh, you fancy Negroes. To give y'all a couple of dollars, all of a sudden, you start using words like <laughs> swimmingly. I, I see you, boy. I see ain't, you. Ain't, hey, ain't nothing like, uh, like a dude from... You know, West Inglewood with a with a proper shit. vocab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's every every show that I do with Kendall, and I say like any multi-syllabic word. He's like, man, you got here using the big word. I'm like, Kendall, knock it off. Like every, Kendall is Kendall is like black royalty. You hear me? Like he come, he is descending from kings and queens, right? Like Mama and Papa Gill are as classy as you will find. Kendall, you know, he out here. He, Kendall was Kendall was 
the the heartthrob from high school to college to the pros and has experienced 15 different lives, you know, all in one. And he, anytime I say anything like, you know, magnitude, I think was the, the word today. And all of a sudden, Ken was like, boy, you out. I'm like, knock it off, man. <laughs> like, knock it off, brother. You know damn well that she was in your, Kendall was like one of them dudes that probably actually doing work when he was at the University of Illinois. Like, he was going to class. That's what it, you know what it was? Like, and, and put this in the pod, too. I, you know what Kendall probably was? Kendall was the dude who got good grades and was an excellent athlete that everybody on the team was like, this guy. Like, like come on, man. Like, going hard through the walkthroughs. Hey, we used to have a guy I will never forget. Um, and I don't, I guess we could bleep out the name. I only played freshman and sophomore year football, right? Because the, the crew I was running around with, like, during those four years, like, we're talking damn near premier high school football players. Like, everybody was going Division One here, there, and everywhere. Shout out to, you know, the late, great John Reel over there at uh, Everson Township. But, uh, you know, he, you know, there were some dudes, right? The Siaka Massacoys of the world, the Sean Hobsons of the world. Like, there was some some real players out here. And there was one dude who used to just go hard all the, like, Friday walkthroughs, just going full speed, right? And you're like, man, like, come on, bro. Like, why is this happening? Like, are you, are you upset? But looking back on it now as a, an adult, you know, you could tell, like, there was some, some issues there. So, you know, he was, but he was always like, hey, what's up with you? That's what Kendall probably was. Kendall was probably the go-hard dude his entire life, ultra-talented, super personable, right, charismatic, like, there's certain dudes who win the, uh, the genetic lottery, and, and Kendall Gill and the peeps are, are, are uh, definitely one of those recipients. So, man, I was thinking about it today, Tom, like the experience of Paris, right? Like how romantic that city has not only been placed and marketed as, but probably is. I've never been, right? And I, before we go any further, have you ever been to Paris? I have not. So Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think of like how awesome this experience probably was for the entire Bulls organization, the entire Detroit Pistons organization. Saw our guy Derek Jones Jr. out there getting married, right, to his soon to be bride. Um, I think her name is Shakira. Um, it, it, it's it's spelled, I thought I saw Shakara, but I heard him during the uh, engagement or proposal, I should say say Shakira. So shout out to him and his beautiful bride to be. Uh but I was thinking about it as well. And we're gonna get into the game. But what do you do if you're in that I don't know if you should be going to Paris phase in a relationship? I'm not saying I'm not talking about Derek Jones Jr., right? Like he's that man's about to get married. And congratulations once again to him. But like what do you do if you're like one of these younger players and you know you just ran into somebody that you kind of like and you're getting ready to get to know and the Paris trip jumps up. That Like, that's a real, that's a real that's spot. A bad choice. T- yeah, man. don't, don't <laughs> do like, it. You know what I mean? Don't like, do it, man. If y'all, if y'all haven't been dating <laughs> for a year or, you know, at least, you know, six or seven months. Tone, you want a year on them? Damn. Man, that's, that's a, 
man, that's a lot of implications on that trip. <laughs> that's a lot of implications. And uh, then you see everybody else wifed up with their wives or fiancés yeah, or, yeah. or their children's romantic. moms. Yeah. The like, Bulls allowed everyone to take a plus one. Yeah, man, you should you should have brought your mom. <laughs> you should have brought your mom. <laughs> so, hey, I, it, that way, none, none of your none of your pieces. You know, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Bleep that out, Jesse. No, no, keep that in, Jesse. Keep that in because we're gonna get a third party in, into this situation as well. But, 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 none, but none of your collective. You know, you you new to the league. You young. You got money. Like if they if you brought your mom, none of them could get mad at that. Oh, oh, that's dirt. That's dirt, Tone. <laughs> you, you, you think that there's something's about to manifest itself with this person? Because I'm talking about everybody in the organization, right? Like, not just players, but like, what if you're part of the staff? Not, not just as, coaches. As I'm, just, I'm talking about everybody in the organization, though. Like, if you're a sales executive and you got a chance to go on a Paris France trip, Right? And you're like, ah, I'm in between shooby doobies right now. You know, it's, you know, it's one that you are into. And I'm not just, you know, keeping this germane to men, right? The, the female organization, organizational members, right? Like, you know, you got this dude who you maybe done gone out on a few dates with. You're thinking about, you know, something becoming a thing. And boom, smack dab in the middle of the NBA season. You know Paris is coming on January 19th. And maybe you're working on something. And boy, when that person finds out that they ain't the plus one, that's a real point in the relationship right there, Tone. Like, that's yeah. the point of demarcation of like, okay. This is real or not? Because can you take somebody on that trip and it not be real? Man, I don't know if it's the it's the trip to be trying to flex on somebody you barely <laughs> know. I don't know if this is a trip. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe Toronto is the trip. Not, Dr. Pia. Not Paris. Dr. Pia, come in here. I need we need your 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 expert opinion on something. And it has nothing to do with the it doesn't. It has nothing to do with the award-winning. Married at First Sight show that you're a part of. I, you know, come here, come here, come here. So, Tone, we've been talking about this so far on the on the uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you can hear, Tony, can you can say something so she can hear you? Hello, hello. Check, check. All right. All right. Hey. All right. Good, it's a good. little too much. It's a little too much sauce. All right. <laughs> and both of y'all. Like, it's a little too much. You know, you know, I'm trying to be cool. All right. <laughs> so, the Paris-France trip that the Bulls uh, just completed. Uh, it's a week where they have one game in the middle of the week that we did tonight. Uh, and you're there for three days and you get to see the sites. Now, of course, the organization has obligations, so you got to go do certain things for work. But Tony and I were just talking because Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, proposed to his now fiance on this trip. Right. And and we, we say, you know, congratulations to, to DJJ and his future Jones Jr. Uh, wife to be. But we also started talking about how there might be some young dudes on this team who aren't at that point yet, but they may be involved or <clears throat> thinking about becoming involved. And since you are a, you know, an, uh, an accredited um sex therapist, relationship guru, and psychotherapist, and all the other things that I, if I don't name, I will get in trouble for, because I want to make sure I can get in. All right. So, Tony and I were talking about the time 
Like, how long do you have to be in it to win it in this situation in a relationship before the Paris trip? Like, if you find out that everybody got a plus one and you didn't go on the Paris trip, like, how long do you think a person should or can be dating before they feel like, hey, why am I not on the Paris trip? Tony just said something to the effect of a year. Why am I not? Yeah, like, do you think, how long would you have to be dating me if, say, if I was one of the staffers or one of the players or somebody who went on a Paris trip and you knew it was coming on January 19th and you didn't go to feel bad about it? I wouldn't need any days. What is that? That means you can feel that way immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but I, so I, no, Tony, that, that, that quizzical look was the, the, the correct, that was the correct response, Tony. And because I feel like people would act up immediately, but I also feel like at no point do you have the right to feel mad about it. Oh, she cleaned Ooh. it up. She cleaned that, it up. You asked yeah. me to go before we were right. together. All right. All right. See, there it is. <laughs> I this, oh, all right. See, see, this is <laughs> this is why putting her on the mic is always great until a certain point. <laughs> all right, Doc. Appreciate you. God damn. All right. <laughs> the fuck. I guess we'll talk about the Bulls now. Every time she's on the mic, I sound like a fucking. <laughs> time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian's software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original. So yeah, Tony, I didn't know that the the Paris France trip. Well, I mean, I knew it was a big deal, right? But I, I don't know if I was as aware how big a deal it was. I mean, you got everybody that I saw on Instagram, the people I'm close to, like three or four different groups of people going out to Paris. Uh, this week for birthdays and things of that nature. And, of course, the Bulls are there. And I didn't know it was fashion week out there in Paris, just to let you know how, I guess, unfashionable I truly am. But it was a big deal. And I can only imagine the obligations and all the things that the 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 players and the members of the organization had to uh, to, to tend to. But, you know, right now is a weird point in the Bulls' season because while Zach is getting healthier and you see him moving, uh, with a little bit more assertiveness and confidence and pep in his step. We're still running into these um, moments of play where this team offensively is trying to search for itself, like what what they do well as opposed to what they win with. And I think that's the crossroads that the Bulls fans who I know that are watching and chiming in any chance they get, whether it be on social media or here on this pod, are <clears throat> trying to figure out why this team can't understand itself a little bit better. And I think we're fully into the Billy Donovan uh, portion of this season, where if you got a winning formula and it, it's proven, 
whether it be going through Vooch or making sure that you got multiple ball handlers defending at a certain level. And we're seeing bits and spurts and bouts of it, even in these wins, like the Detroit Pistons game. I mean, they they jumped on them early and were aggressive early. And of course, Vooch had a terrific uh, you know, first quarter. And the man had 16 points and 10 rebounds in the first half of the game. And at that point, you're like, okay, they're going to cruise. And slowly but surely, they started to creep back into the things that um, have plagued them, whether it be isolation basketball, whether it be giving up second chance opportunities to a young team that's just throwing itself at the rim. For whatever reason, this Bulls team, and and we've mentioned it on this pod, and I'm going to keep mentioning it, this, this team kind of like asked the game, how tough does it need to be? How tough do I have to be? How how much how much refined and efficient and and conscious offense do I have to play before I can get my shit off? Right. Like it's like, all right, all right I, I want Yaha time. Like I want to get it off. I want to, you know, I want to show you what I've been working on. But at the same time, I got to get to a certain point of the game where I can then show you what I've been working on. And what I'm trying to figure out is why can't that certain point of the game be when three zeros are left on the clock more consistently and more routinely? Because that's when the wins come, and then that's when you get off anything that you need to get off. Like, hey, for anybody that's still worried about all-star teams and all that, like, I, I you know, I, I, I don't understand what this team needs to feel for it to understand how it's supposed to win. Like, they've, they've, they've gone through enough disappointment. Right, they've gone through already the Minnesota exchange, which, looking back on it, might be a galvanizing moment, but. At some point, this it's got to click. Or if it doesn't click, it'll just be much like we saw last year with the White Sox, where it's like, wait a minute, you kept waiting on the season to come back to you, and all of a sudden you look up and you don't have enough games left to make up. You're getting into that stretch right here. They got 14 games in 25 or 26 days coming up. So when you play one game in a week and you get yourself back together mentally and physically and get a chance to bond on the road and what a road trip man like i know we had a little fun at the front of the pod about paris and you know relationships and all that stuff but man like basketball and this is the reason why i love the sport is that the sport that my parents grew up loving my dad especially was soccer because of where he's from you know they call it football obviously in belize and you know who the superstars were of his era and how international and global they were. Well, I don't think it's by any coincidence that the sport that has treated me the best and the sport that I appreciate on a different level is also a global sport. Like, watching people in Paris, France receive the NBA the way they did this week was kind of cool because in the same way that I watched the World Cup and you see all those brothers on the French team and, you know, you go back to colonialization and all the other, you know, weird and deep-seated and nasty um, things that have gone on across this world, you know, in the end, sports kind of tells all those stories. And it's kind of the tie that binds. And watching the reception in this game, where watching Magic Johnson is sitting next to his beautiful wife, Cookie, and they're sitting next to Pharrell, and they're joking with Billy Donovan, and, and then all of a sudden, DeMar DeRozan comes over and daps it up with him. Like, you don't see that kind of interaction on any other stage, any other sporting stage. Football, can't do it. Can't be down there close to the players and fans. You know, you there's a different, it's a different vibration on those sidelines. It's three hours of hell. It's three hours of war for those dudes. 
baseball, hey, man, you get dudes loaded up on beers. You don't want them close to your dugout. <laughs> you don't want them close, you know, to, to the people that matter, supposedly. But in basketball, it touches every single corner and every little crevice and crack and, and, and little, you know, valley and peak and mountaintop and cold weather city and awfully hot terrain where you can't play until afternoon like it was when I was a kid in Belize, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Basketball touches every little piece of it. Every single little piece of it. So watching that today, I was like, man, I didn't put as much into this maybe as I should in terms of, like, thinking of how big it is. And for the Bulls to go on that stage and do what they did, hopefully something happened on this trip where Billy Donovan got through to his players and his players got through to the people that matter in terms of the leaders getting through to the young dudes and the young dudes being able to talk to the leaders in a way where some winning comes out of this thing. The way they handled the Detroit Pistons in the first two and a half quarters, I expected it, right? But there's been a lot of things that have fallen short of expectations this year. So if anything comes in this Paris-France trip, outside of Derrick Jones Jr. getting, you know, uh, engaged, and once again, shout out to Derrick Jones Jr. And outside of some really awesome photos that we see from our man Adam Amin and Stacey King and our guy Mark Brady out there having a ball and, you know, some dudes that we used to work with, shout out to CHGO, you know, shout shout out to Big Dave and Matt Peck, right, two-thirds of the Bulls outsiders. Like, some real moments and memories and and. And, and happenings happened. And I hope, I'm hoping, right? And we'll see what this next few weeks looks like. But I'm hoping that if that Minnesota exchange impacted this team and the way they play in a way that, that is noticeable, I hope this Bears trip with the largesse of the NBA, the, the star power that was out there, and also being on a world stage, I hope it meant something to these dudes, and I hope it can kind of galvanize the way they're supposed to play. You know, we talk about long road trips and what they do for teams sometimes. Hopefully, this road trip all the way over to Paris, France, did something for this squad so they can come back home understanding the kind of basketball that is necessary to be played when it's time to win. It's as simple as that. So uh, it was a good look for the league. It was a good look for the Bulls. And we go forward from here. And I'm still wondering... Still wondering how long you got to be in tune with somebody to tell them that they can't go to Paris for <laughs> Jay, does this, uh, does this trip, because, I mean, we've seen all the pictures, all the videos, um, all the interviews saying uh, the guys, you know, loving their teammates. and Right, 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 right. It, it, well, once you get back into that routine, when you come back home, um, and all the eyes are looking at you to see if you actually changed a, as a roster. What what, mm-hmm. what type of pressure do you think is on them to actually fix their issues internally um, about how they move on a basketball court? Well, just the thing, though, Tone, like if, if I'm around you and your beautiful wife, Steph, for a week straight, right, and we lock in on a different level, right? Like I learned things about you. Uh, there are stories that I hear that I wouldn't have heard in a normal gym setting, right? Like, hopefully that'll make in a game it that much easier to be like, hey, man, this is what the fuck you need to do. Like, this is this is why we're getting beat. Or, good shit, keep doing that. Like, you know what I mean? The encouragement or the critique that is coming from a place of, we kind of locked in now, more so than before. 
That's why when we see these teams go on these dynastic runs like the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, the principal piece is not just because of talent, but because of how locked in they are together, they don't change. Being able to tell a dude, hey, man, you are out here staking it up is a real, real plus for any locker room, right? Any locker room that I've covered that that was a good one had dudes being able to tell everybody in that locker room they wasn't shit. Like, we, we, we romanticized the, the Derrick Rose era because it should be, but that locker room was full of dudes who had no problem telling each other what it really was. From Taj Gibson on up, Ronnie Brewer had no problem telling dudes what's up, right? Like, Tom Thibodeau set that tenor. He set that, that pitch. So, yeah, I hope. I mean, hope against hope because this is what you also find. Like, this is, you know, a truth-telling trip probably, too. If nobody locked in with anybody, we'll be able to see it. If everybody was off doing their own thing, we'll be able to see it. If they treated Paris the way that they would treat on the road to, you know, Texas Triangle, right? Like doing Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, which used to be, always be the most fun for me as a kid because I knew I was going, all right, you know, that night, I'm going to get to see Akeem and them. This night, I get to see Michael Finley and then I get to see David Robinson or whoever. You know what I mean? Like, I, they don't even do the Texas Triangle trip anymore, but like, you, you could tell. You could tell how they play and how they take care of each other going forward what really happens. And if this team is talented enough and they've got good enough coaching and you still don't get the results, then at some point you got to look at your leaders and go, what have you been doing? <laughs> Why is this team not in sync? What can't you be told? So I hope the latter happen, right? Like, I, I hope, I'm sorry, the former, I should say. I hope they, they locked in with each other on a different level and come back and start playing the basketball that they, they could play. Because, I mean, when you think about it, Nikola Vucevic got 43 points the other night against the Golden State Warriors and then Warriors team that was out here trying, right? And if that can happen while DeMar is away and you throw DeMar back into the equation and now everybody has to acclimate once again back to DeMar, well, maybe there should be a, a leveling of the responsibility, right? Like, and also, and the more an empowerment of some of these younger players, right? Kobe White has been balling these last week and a half or so. Like he's been he's been up in his trade stock. So these are the things where you know you see in certain guys rise, you see in certain guys stay in the same area, but for the most part, the team has been inconsistent. Well, if you're not locked in, and if you're not playing defense on a certain level, which is the proof of you being locked in, then all you're doing is going out there playing, you know, a little one, mini one-game seasons, right? Like, there, there is no continuity from game to game. There is no flow. Hell, from half to half. Watching the Detroit Pistons game, you had Vooch have 16 in the first half, and then in the second half, you had two points. And it wasn't like he wasn't touching the ball and moving it, but there's repost opportunities and a lot of things that were missed. And, and I just think that, I just think this team gets in his own way more so than the opponent does more times than not. So you would hope that having six or seven days where you're around a person and his family or family members and associates and agents are around and staffers, like this is a, a, a business trip, no doubt, but it's a chance to be away from the normal while also uh, being around the normal, right? Like experiencing something together. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's just pie in the sky stuff, but, you know, hopefully this team can pull it together because 
the last thing I wanted to do is watch this team play the same kind of basketball they played for the first 45 games. Like at some point, you got you to gotta prove why someone should believe in you going forward. And if they tried to get Danilo Gallinari and some of these other pieces during the trade, uh, not only deadline last year, but also in the offseason, and there were no trades out there to be made, then going with the whole continuity thing, right, it, it, you know, it, it's questionable because it's like, okay, you tried to shake this thing up and you just, for whatever, wor- for whatever it's worth, the, the value wasn't there for some of the acquisitions that you were trying to make. Like, you know, I know that, that the Rudy Gobert thing, the Bulls, of course, you know, they did their due diligence. And when they came back with the number that only the Minnesota, Vi- uh, Minnesota Vikings, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves would answer, you, you keep it moving. So Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same squad. <laughs> Kurt Anthony Towns and the boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but man, it's like, this, this team is maddening. It's also easy to fall for in a game-by-game instance. It also makes you understand that there are ceilings to everything in the NBA. And if you have a championship ceiling, you're going to bump your head on it at some point, right? Like, you know, the Phoenix Suns bump their head on their championship ceiling. But if you've only got a playoff ceiling, right, and that's what this team right now has, then what are we really talking about? Right? Like at some point, some decisions are going to have to be made here. Right? The Kobe White Io DeSumo conversation is starting to happen around the city. And Alex Caruso as a, as a defensive wing at the trade deadline, that conversation is probably starting to happen around the league. So it's uh, th- this next 10 to 14 games, very telling. <laughs> very, very telling, especially with the, the trade deadline looming here. So hopefully this trip did what it was supposed to do because if not, there's going to be some some people with some sad faces and different addresses uh, in and around the Chicago Bulls organization. The full goal with Jason Goff. Who would you say is in the Bulls position right now? Such as... Like, let's go to the East, right? All right, we're, we're excluding the worst of the worst. So no Pistons, no Hornets, no Magic. No. Yep. So we're talking about the Wizards, the Raptors, and the Bulls. Heat. So, see, that's the thing. So, I would put the Heat in a different. I would put the the Heat in that second tier of not going to win a championship, but going to make it tough every single year for people, like the like the Hawks, I think. And maybe you know what you could do? You could put the Wizards, the Raptors, and the Knicks in that Bulls area. I think the Pacers, the Magic, the Hornets, and the Pistons are the up and coming. So you don't expect anything of them teams right now. And then I think the Heat, the Cavaliers, and even though my pick uh, would go against this, I think the Heat, the Cavaliers, and the 76ers. And it's hard for me to put the 76ers in that because of Joel, obviously. But I think the Heat, the 76ers, and the Cavs are in that not going to win it. But going to make it tough on somebody and wouldn't be surprised if they represented the East. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you got the you got the Celtics and the and the the Bucks in that tier by themselves. Do you put the Nets in that tier? Yes. So you put the Nets, the Bucks, and the and the Celtics in that tier. So yeah. as we've broken it down, the Bulls, the Raptors, the Wizards, and the Knicks are in the same tier. Mm-hmm. Give me the shining lights on those teams. And 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 
I know the Raptors have what? Barnes. Mm-hmm. Tradable pieces. Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Now, we weren't talking about tradable pieces, though. I thought you were talking about, like, the thing that, that these organizations who are in this mode can hold up as this is undeniable. Okay, okay. Right? Um, yeah. The Wizards oh, yeah. don't have that. No. Okay. The Knicks? Uh, you don't think nothing there with the... Uh, I didn't say nothing. What, RJ? I didn't say nothing. I said undeniable. Like... Like, let's, we can keep it funky. Like, the Pistons about to have something undeniable with those three dudes. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Hornets, LaMelo, would you put LaMelo in the undeniable category? Like, once, once he grows up, once he figures out what's important, once the game, you know, if the game, you know, treats him right health-wise, he's going to be one of the top five or six point guards in the league. Right? So, the magic, I mean, Paolo's going to be soon be mm-hmm. a 27 point per game dude. Very soon. Um, and then the Pacers, I mean, they got that slew of young talent and they got my guy, <laughs> my main man, 50 grand, Tyrese Halliburton, right? So, what are, we, what are we saying here? Like, the Bulls and the Knicks have the most, and Bulls, Knicks, and Wizards have the most similar phase, vibe, uh, potential. Mm-hmm. But I put the Bulls ahead of both those teams because Bradley Beal has shown you you can do all that individually and still not drag a team to success. The Bulls, with this newer you know, iteration of DeMar and Zach, I think are playoff viable more so, I think, than the Wizards. And the Wizards have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just I don't know that there are that many. I guess the conversation goes. I don't know that there are that many around the league when you're in the Bulls situation and then not even mentioned in the West or whatever. But like you're in the Bulls situation because you don't have that. You know, you're not a young team that that sold it all out to go and rebuild. I mean, because let's face it, if we look back on it, this team probably should have done it the all the way, all the way. Instead of, all right, we're going to get rid of Jimmy Butler and, and get this pick back for him, which is the seventh pick instead of the top two or three pick because Jimmy Butler is not going to yield that, right? So, like, to strip it all the way down was too cumbersome. And now you get caught in the phase of now you're taking care of other, guy, uh, other teams' um, developmental projects, right? Lowry and uh, Chris mm-hmm. and, and, and Zach. You develop one guy, one guy goes and develops elsewhere. The other guy doesn't uh, prosper to the, you know, the potential that everybody thought he had and Chris Dunn. So it's like these teams get caught in these cycles because either you're going to do it that way, which now everybody is tanking. So if there's seven teams tanking, is it really beneficial? And or do you not ever press that tank button? And just hopefully you get players who are movable assets, which then you now have to go and cultivate other people's draft prospects in a manner that they couldn't do it. That's the reason they're giving up on it, right? Like, it's a nasty, it's a nasty cycle to get into as a, as a, uh, you know, a franchise because you've got fans who want a certain level of competition, but at the same time, do you have the people, the architects who can put together 
not only that sustainable level of competition, but even more, even more tough is breaking it all down and building it up. Like what's going on in Oklahoma City is not common. <laughs> the job that they're doing out there while also keeping a star player enthused and energetic about basketball is amazing. Like it'd be ridiculous right now to be an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Like <laughs> you playing with house money every single night. Right? You get to watch one of the, the, you know, the 10, 15 best players in the league this year do his thing. You know, Chet Holmgren is on ice. You might mess around and have enough picks that even if you don't get the number one pick, you can trade the next 35 first round picks for Victor Wimbanyama and then keep it moving. So it's, um, it's a nasty game, man. Being an NBA fan, <laughs> it's a nasty, nasty game. You know? And 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 I'm not gonna lie, I'm not necessarily loving the company that they're keeping in the East. <laughs> yeah, in in that grouping, like I mean, no, you're the, you're right. They, no, no, they're, of they're course, the, they're the best of the mid. That's the thing that stu- that's the thing that stood out <laughs> to me the most was that we're talking Wizards, Knicks, you know, and yeah. and those those likes. And and by the way, look at all those teams in terms of acquisitions. Like Knicks go out, they 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 they've been. You've been active the last few years in in free agency, of course, in trading. I mean, they bring in Jalen Brunson. You know, Julius Randle has been a, a fine for them over the last few years. You look at the Wizards; they go out, they mess around, and trade with the <laughs> with the with the Los Angeles Lakers. Go out and get Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma's turned into a, like a young star, right? So, I mean, it's not that these teams are bereft of talent. It's just when you're caught in that spin cycle of, all right, what's the next piece that'll get you closer to the second round? Or what's the, you know, what's, how much is this expiring contract worth? Like, you notice who we ain't talking about expiring contracts with this year so far? The Bucks and the Celtics and the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Pelicans. Who's expiring on the Pelicans? Huh? You know? All I know no. is Zion is on the ice and they still out here hooping. Right. All I know is I'm watching Memphis go out there and kick people's ass with or without John Moran. Right. So, you know, it's a different life that they are out there living. You don't have to worry about certain things or like teams declaring for you before a trade deadline if you should keep it together or not. So that undeniable North Star, them dudes, dudes is playing in June. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel me? Those, like, that's the other thing, Tone. Like, we throw around this superstar shit way too liberally for me. Oh, way yeah. too liberally. Oh, like, yeah. this, this three, four, five of those maybe in the league every year. Max uh, deal. That's, uh, if you get a max, you are an NBA man, superstar. Man, these dudes running around. Shout out to them because I sound like the ultimate hater. I can't make a left-hand layup. You feel me? <laughs> but like, I said, like, come on, dog. Like, shout out to you, but I can't call a two-time All-Star a superstar unless I'm talking like, is he Moses? You know what I'm saying? Like, like is, did Wilt just come in the gym? And I know immediately, like, Shaq, we was like, okay, man, this is ridiculous. Uh, this is his first year in the league. He's beasting everybody. He's faster than everybody. Like, maybe college basketball was holding him back. This dude is ridiculous. He's going to be one of the greatest players we've ever seen. But, yeah, nah, I'm not dubbing nobody a superstar after they make, you know, a couple of All-Star games and Ah, that is hollowed ground. That is that is rare air. That is different territory. And in the in the league that we've been watching, 
you better have one of those if we're talking about you in June when the real music is playing. And the search and the, the, the quest is to find that dude. And before you find that dude, you got to go through a combination of dudes. So this combination may change in this, you know, in this very near future here. Do I think it's going to change dramatically? No, I don't. I don't know how because the market and what they need and what they have on the team that's really expendable. Like right now, let me ask you this, Tony. Ayo DeSumo, Kobe White. Right now, going forward, if you had to make a decision on one having one player or another, knowing what you need on this team, what's the decision you And knowing that pay clock is coming up for this young man in Ayo DeSumo, what's the decision you're making? I'd probably go with Kobe. It's leaning that way, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's and just, I it's just shooting. At, I would have never told you that at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, I don't think we talk about enough the jump that we thought Ayo DeSumo was going to make. And just for whatever reason, whether it's due to Billy Donovan, whether it's due to the combinations he's playing with, like, the moments where we see Ayo have a 19.5 steal game and we're like, yeah, that's more of that, dog. And it's like, wait a minute, though. Like, why do we have to scream more of that? Because it's not enough of it. Like, we we don't see the... Everything that we heard coming out of the offseason, too, about his workouts and how good he looked and the work that he, we all know he is putting in, for whatever reason, he hasn't had the impact that I thought he would have this year. And, you know, he's been he's been banged up and bruised up a little bit this year. Um, but, you know, going back and forth in that starting lineup has been eye-opening, right? Like, putting Caruso in there on certain nights when you're trying to figure out who that Lonzo Ball replacement is going to be consistently throughout this year. And then DeMar DeRozan getting hurt and Caruso having to go into the starting lineup along with Ayo DeSumo. Him getting his chance there and then running the ball and, and, and being that, you know, that, impactful, fast-break transition offense type of player that we saw him be at the University of Illinois and last year. Like, the ball maybe isn't in his hands enough, so he had to convert his game to a spot-up shooter, and those don't go down at, at the clip that you might like them to go down, especially with some of the swing swings that he's catching out here. Um, the games that he has where it's like, okay, this is the bust-out, this is the breakout game, they've been few and far between. Whereas Kobe White over the last couple of weeks, I mean, if he can stay on the court <laughs> physically, right? Because Kobe, Kobe catches his fair share of bumps and bruises as well. Where you, you know, there'll be a couple of games where he's missing, but his ball handling has improved dramatically. And defensively, this dude is actually like he's in tune. Like he's out there, he's throwing all the effort in the world into the defensive side of the basketball. So if you look and and shout out to Drew Stevens, I want to, you know, give credit, you know, one of the dudes I follow out there on Twitter here in the local uh, Chicago Bulls scene. I'm sitting there and he put up player A and player B. And player A's numbers were Kobe's and player B's numbers were Io. And the conversation got very interesting on Twitter. I'm like, man, that's a that's a real, it's a real conversation to have right now. Because if Lonzo Ball comes back, you now have Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, Io DeSumo, Goran Dragic, and Kobe White on your roster trying to figure out their lot in NBA life right now. <laughs> Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and, 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 and you know, Lonzo Ball comes back. They're going to get the bulk of the minutes. So Goran Dragic, who signed on here to 
you know, be that stopgap, you know, but also I'm going to play in the playoffs. And please believe going Dragic told whoever was listening, hey, mess around. I felt good at Eurobasket. I'm out here. I'm out here putting 20 on people a night. Just let me rest for two months. <laughs> and I'm out here and I'm going to put points on your head in the playoffs. So it comes down to Kobe White and Io DeSumo. The fit for this team, what they need, outside shooting. Right? What do they need at that point guard position? Improved defense. Decision-making. Somebody who could take some of the onus and some of the load off the shoulders of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Well, if you're looking at it, man, Kobe White has done that this last couple of weeks. He's gotten better defensively. He's gotten better ball. Like, Kobe's going behind his back now, routinely. I'm like, hey, all right now. You know, Kobe was out here with, you know, let's keep it funky. He was out here with the Bob Cousy dribble for a little bit, you know. You know, that Luol Dang, you know. <laughs> that, that, that ping pong paddle kind of vibe, you know. But he's out here. He put in the work, man. Shout out to that young man. Y'all here, here moving and grooving. Making it real uncomfortable for Kendall Gill on that set when it comes down to answering that question. <laughs> You know, you know, KG gonna always go with his flying line eye, you know, brothers. But yeah, and and shout out to Io too. Like Io's gonna get paid somewhere this offseason. You know, I, I think he's gonna get a decent amount of money. I think not not you know, not not crazy money, but I think he's gonna get rotational guard money. He's gonna get a lot more money than he's ever seen in his life. And and he's earned it, you know, playing the way he's played uh, as a second round pick. But it's a conversation that I thought we wouldn't be having, not even close to having at the end of his rookie year. That is definitely a conversation that will be had over these next couple of weeks as well. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. This might be nothing. This might be nothing, but you know what the Bears need, Doc? Bears need. And we, it's up to us to find him, Tony Gill. The Bears need a veteran established, doesn't need to play, but can in a pinch, black quarterback to back up Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you know secret. why I say this? You know why I say this, though? We got the playbook already. 
No, but I'm talking about cutting some of this learning curve in half, dog. And there was a point that was made, and shout out to uh, Bomani Jones, uh, Right Time podcast, terrific podcast. Listen to it every time it comes out. Uh, he had Marcus Spears on the other day, and it was a great episode. And the thing that stuck out to me, and not the most, but one of the things that stuck out to me was he mentioned what Greg Ellis and Leroy Glover were for him as a young defensive lineman in the Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman room and how they cut the learning curve in half in terms of how to be a pro, how to get ready on a game day, how to get ready throughout the week, what to look for in terms of how to watch tape. Like how many times have you gone to the gym and done an exercise probably the wrong way 25 times and been like, all right, got a good workout in. And you're like, why am I not seeing the game? Well, that's because you're doing it the wrong way. All right. You get somebody to tell you how to do it the right way. You cut your time in half, you get your gains and keep it moving. I'm thinking about this. Justin Fields, who has seen what? Three different staffs, three different offensive coordinators in the last three years of his football playing career. When we think about these quarterback rooms, usually it's either dudes who are fighting for jobs or dudes who have no chance of getting the job and really are just there to, you know, keep their starting quarterback company, right? But wouldn't you, as a Bears fan, now that this team is fortified in not only leadership, but talent evaluation, money, number one pick, got your franchise quarterback, now, to me, the things that are outside the box in terms of nurturing that dude, not just with offensive linemen, not just with pass-catching tight ends and ridiculously gifted deep-threat wide receivers or, you know, little water bug dudes who can get run after the catch and make big plays out of nothing, or running backs who can actually bust a big one, you know, not just the five, six, seven, eight yards at a, at a chunk, you know, a chunk at a time kind of catch. The dudes in his room that will not only show him how to get ready for a game, but also see things that he's not seeing. You mean to tell me y'all think that Nathan Peterman and, and these other cats that was in that room with Justin Fields could relay to him or explain to him anything that they've seen on an NFL level that they saw success with that maybe could have helped them? Because this is the other thing, too. Put a... You put all those attributes together and then put <laughs> put one of the white brothers in the <laughs> in that locker room, in that in that room with him. You're gonna have to mess around and never ever have a bad game in the city of Chicago. <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to mess around in every game gonna have to be 275 yards plus through the air and your hundred yards on the ground. You have to be super random. <laughs> you feel me? You gonna you have to be Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, uh who else? Josh Allen all rolled into one. Cause the moment he throws a pick, you're gonna be like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> but the guy backing him up. <laughs> He's actually engaged in a game. <laughs> He's smiling on the sidelines. You know, so I'm staring at the clipboard a... intently. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he goes to church on Sundays. You know, so I'm staring at the clipboard intently. Right. So to 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 make sure you you skip that process and all that foolishness <laughs> of the backup, y'all, you remember this year. When, when these motherfuckers was asking for Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott. 
<laughs> Do you remember that, Tony? Yeah, that man. happened this year. That was a that thing. That happened this year. That, that happened this football season. That man just went down to Tampa and put his foot in Tom Brady's ass. And they they wanted Cooper Rush out here. But I digress. Yeah, man. Got to get a dude who's had some success, right? Doesn't really want to, you know, take anybody gigs. But at the same time, can teach the young brother something. This is all, this whole experiment going forward is about the nurturing of Justin Fields. We got to find out what he is soon. As a city, as Bears fans, like, this, the, that clock is getting ready to start. With all the draft picks and all the, you know, all the, not just the draft picks, but all the cap money. Like, if they go out there and do what the Jacksonville Jaguars did in terms of putting those kinds of weapons around Trevor Lawrence, I mean, all those dudes are making plays in the playoff game. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and then dudes on the defensive side of the football making plays in the acquisitions as well. So all they were looking at was one of the worst coaches of all time in Urban Meyer. So, yeah, man, this entire experiment, not just with the number one pick, not just with the, the, the pass catchers that hopefully they will acquire in the offseason and through the NFL draft, not just with the OTAs and all, they got to put somebody in that room that is going to help that young man learn at a different speed. Patrick Mahomes talks about Alex Smith and the type of pro he is and was to him. You know, and hell, Alex Smith, you talk about, Talk about somebody who should get shaky when a brother walk in the room. I mean, like how many how many different franchises did that man have to go to where some brother came up and just took his kid? Like, right? Colin Kaepernick, right? Like, he went to, uh, when he was in Washington, didn't the brother take his kid? Oh, the brother that passed away, the Ohio State quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, right? Dwayne Haskins. Did Dwayne Haskins take Alex Smith's job or am I just making that up in my head? I think they probably I like wanted a, I think they wanted him to. I don't think he ever did. I though. feel like a brother, I feel like a brother took his job in Washington too. And then the brother took his job in Kansas City. But he mentored and and tried to make sure that these dudes are brought along the right way. Like, did you hear the story that DeJounte Murray told on the uh the the All the Smoke podcast? About I did how not. Yeah, about how he thought that because of his background that the Spurs really weren't giving him the, the real look, you know, like DeJounte's, you know, he, he comes from a, one of the quote-unquote hard scrabbled background and, you know, he's a neighborhood kind of kid and, um, you know, ran into some, to some things in his life and, and of those, you know, I'm not very particular on, right, specific, so hopefully I'm not making too light of any situation. But he mentioned how there was a preconceived notion of him when he was a San Antonio Spur. And for the first couple of years, he was just out there busting Tony Parker's ass. He said he was busting Patty Mills' ass. And he just, he was pleading for five or seven minutes of playing time. Like, just give me a chance. I'll go out there and prove to you that I'm I'm out here for it. And he, he was living with his uncle at the time, and he, he said that his uncle was having a ball just being around the NBA life. And he's like, you know, he was upset because he wasn't getting a chance to show what he could do. And he said by the time that it came around where he was doing it so much in practice and getting the little bit of time that he got and taking advantage of it, that when Greg Popovich called he and Tony Parker into the office and sat them down and said that DeJounte Murray was going to be their starting point guard going forward. DeJounte said that Tony Parker was, he, was, he knew he didn't like it. He could tell that he was upset. 
that this had happened. And him as a baller, you know, understanding like, hey, the better man got the gig. But when I get out there, I'm going to go crazy. That's what DeJounte Murray thought that Tony Parker should be doing, right? And saying, hey, I'm going to show you why I should be the guy. And he said the part that, you know, affected him was that Tony Parker bolted and went to Charlotte. He said he, he thought he was going to do what, you know, vets should do, which is mentor the young dude, bring him along, and keep it going. Now, of course, we, we all know stories of guys not wanting to do that. Help Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in their rocky relationship for all those years, right? So it's not incumbent upon somebody to do it, but when somebody does it, you could tell that not only the appreciation, but you could tell the game that, that dudes get earlier than others by their mentorship, by their being coached, by their understanding of the game. And he said that, you know, it, you know, it kind of sucked. You got this quarterback competition or this quarterback, I should say, uh, room where there's no competition, but also who's bringing them along? Like you got dudes learning the new offenses together, but then you got a bunch of young dudes who's doing it together as well. So it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? You need somebody in that locker room and in that, that quarterback room who's going to mess around and mentor and show this young man the ropes, maybe give him some of the cheat codes, all those things, the way Alex Smith did Patrick Mahomes. You know, superstars are born, but sometimes they're, 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 they're molded as well. And I think that would be a terrific idea for the Chicago Bears coming up this offseason. Put somebody in that quarterback room that is – a de facto coach, but also somebody who's got some stripes who can mess around and get the ear of a young quarterback who's getting ready to take off in Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable uh, with him learning from Nathan Peterman. But I, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think if somebody told Justin, "Hey, we brought Nathan Peterman in here so you can learn how the league goes," uh, I'm gonna look at him and be like, "Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm a hundred percent on board with that." Everything yeah. should be for the growth and betterment of Justin Fields. And I'm not talking Chase Dane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about dudes that you, upon signing, hey, you here to help out our starting quarterback. If he gets hurt, then you will play. Yeah, get us out of a quarter, get us out of a half, maybe get us through a couple of weeks. But understand, you're here to help us win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years through him. That's what it has to be. And those are the organizations that go on and cultivate and create great quarterbacking legacies. And that's what's happening right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is an alien, but he, um, the first thing that is mentioned about him is how smart he is, right? Well, I, I think Justin Fields is a highly intelligent young brother. I think you feed him all the things and all the cheat codes and all the, all the little nooks and crannies of quarterbacking that not just a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator can convey somebody who's done it on that level and who's looking to help somebody like a Justin Fields. We don't talk about that enough. We talk about, oh, she he needs a running back. Brother. Oh, he needs a wide receiver. She's oh, he needs the, man, you need some a backup quarterback or that quarterback room needs to be in service. And yeah. I'm not just saying hold his water. I'm talking about somebody that can hold him accountable, yeah. somebody that can say, hey, this is what they this team normally does, or this is what this team normally... Uh, yeah, we're not talking Jay Cutler, Kane right. Payne. No, 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 we're not. He don't need to be his best friend. I'm talking right. about a, a, a legit a professional. mentor professional. Yeah. That he yeah. can go to or perhaps can explain things that the coach 
can't really get to because they they aren't a player or a player anymore. See, like that, I want to take it is, back to the early '90s. Get you a Jeff Blake or a Rodney mm-hmm. Pete, somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody where's Warren Moon when you need him? You know what I mean? Tyron Taylor, come oh, on down, my guy. Ty God, you hear me? Ty God, don't forget Buffalo, who took y'all to the playoffs in between that long ass stretch where y'all was trash, and then Josh Allen. Don't forget, okay? And don't forget whose lung you punctured in San Diego. Before y'all moved to Los Angeles, I, I think they was already in Los Angeles, but, you know, rock with me here. Yeah, don't forget Cleveland, huh? I think he was a Pro Bowl participant as a Cleveland Brown, if I'm not mistaken. The great Ty God Taylor. You hear me? Virginia Tech's finest. Sign somebody like him. Brian Poles, get, get Poles on the phone. Get Boy, do you know what would happen to this city? If Kevin Warren's black ass called Ryan Pulse's black ass and then he called Tyrod Taylor's black ass <laughs> to back up Justin Fields' black ass? What? It, it, what? It'll, it'll stop the itch of fans <laughs> clamoring uh, for the backup quarterback with Justin <laughs> calling the running back all the time. That's the secret to, to Baltimore. That's mentioned what I mentioned the playbook. It's already oh, been yeah. played. Oh, yeah. Nobody's Tyler clamoring. Right, right there at your service. There you go. Clam, cl- clamor for the backup now. <laughs> no, this this is the guy. This is be happy with it. Well, uh, I guess uh, I guess he don't he don't run that much. So yeah, yeah, right. I think we just fixed the Bears, Tony. I think we just fixed the Bears. It's the full goal, baby. Baby, baby. That's all the time we have for episode one ninety nine of the Full Goal Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the always active Jesse Lopez, my main man Tony Gill. Uh, do we have anything special for episode 200? You definitely not. We've got <laughs> we've got playoff football that we're gonna talk about this weekend on Sunday. Uh, we're gonna talk about this Bulls experience because I'm sure more stories will be spilling out over the next couple of days. And I think we may scratch a college basketball itch. I think we may get some college basketball in here. Got a chance to watch DePaul Xavier for the uh, it was for about a half the other night, you know, getting getting back into the swing of things with college basketball. So we'll throw some calls out there on the college basketball tip. Speaking of calls, if you want to jump in at any point in time on the voicemail, feel free. The full goal voicemail line is always open for you. 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. So as always, we uh, we appreciate y'all. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it. Thank you for rating and reviewing it. Thank you for giving us five stars because you know you should because why wouldn't you? Uh, also, thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. Truly appreciate everything that you do for the pod. Appreciate y'all running up on me at the car wash or at Mariano's or wherever you see me out here in these city streets. I appreciate all of you, and I thank you for getting through another pod with us. Uh, we will talk to y'all on Sunday, but until then, we leave you with this. As always, take care of each other and be safe. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.